welcome to Know Your Neighbor. We are a podcast hosted by United Way of Northeast Georgia, and I am one of your co-hosts, Allison Geist, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Whit Richardson. Hey, Allison. Hello. How are you today? I'm well and just really excited. We've got Sheriff Mangum from Jackson County on today, and really excited for our audience to get to hear her story and the role that she plays in our community and how she's able to work with the youth. Yeah, it's gonna be great. So everybody, hope you enjoy this. Welcome to Sheriff Janice Mangum from Jackson County. We are excited to have you joining us. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited as well. Now, Sheriff, you are one of very few female sheriffs in Georgia. Is that right? In 2012, when I got elected, took office in 2013, I was the only female sheriff at that time mm. um, and only the second female ever elected in the history of Georgia. Um, but in 2016, a uh, Sheriff Donna Tompkins was elected down in Muskogee County, and uh, unfortunately, she did not win re-election in this year. So... Uh, she was she got elected in 16 and then there's a female in DeKalb County that stepped up because the sheriff resigned so there's a female sheriff there that's in an election now she goes until November and then I just heard that a female got elected down in Telefaro County I didn't realize how many there were already but yeah. you really led the charge in a lot of this well I, I hope so anyway I hope so you actually became sheriff seven years ago eight years ago um yes yes in 2012 elected but took office 2013 as a female sheriff i would imagine there weren't a lot of women ahead of you when you first joined your profession what was it that drew you into this profession well and uh my husband and i married in 1982 and he was a deputy sheriff at that time with jackson county sheriff's office and then in 1985 uh, Sheriff Evans got elected and I went to work in 1985 for him as a radio operator. It's just been, I feel like a calling. I, it's just, I love it. I love the, the serving and um, it's just been a calling to me. You've been in Jackson County your entire career, correct? That's correct. Well, I have 35 years of law enforcement with 31 of those at Jackson County Sheriff's Office. I've, I had a little break in service because I went to work for the state of Georgia with the Department of Corrections in 90, um, well, in 89, and then I transferred to the Georgia State Patrol as a radio operator, and I came back to Jackson County Sheriff's Office in 1993. So since 1993, yes, I've been here at the Sheriff's Office. I have 31 years with Jackson County. So as Sheriff, it's kind of an all-encompassing position. Can you just speak about what the responsibilities of your office are? Sure. Um, of course, uh, as the Sheriff, I am responsible for the daily operations of the Sheriff's Office and the jail. Um, I've got 189 employees, um, and we average around 160 to 200 inmates when we don't have coronavirus. We have gotten uh, pretty low because we wanted to try to keep our uh, count down during this coronavirus, but I'm responsible for the inmates, their, their safety and their well-being. Um, I'm responsible for the safety and security of the Jackson County Courthouse, so I have uh, about 14 deputies over at the courthouse. and. Um, and of course, I'm responsible for this budget, which is right at $14 million. I have to make sure that we're good stewards of taxpayer money. The duties are very <laughs> many. 
And not to get too far into the budget, but can you speak a little bit about how you do work with county government with that $14 million budget to get some of the things that staff feel are needed versus sure. what their priorities are? Sure. Um, I've been very fortunate. I have great commissioners, uh, great commission chairman. Um, never had any problem working with them. I don't ask for anything more than what it takes to run the Jackson County Sheriff's Office and the Jackson County Jail. Um, so I'm very good. Uh, each year since I've been sheriff, we've been under budget. We're very mindful of our spending, and uh, but we do want to have the best equipment we can have to uh, for the deputies and to serve and protect the people. So uh, I've been very fortunate in uh, working with my budget process each year. And I guess with 189 employees, can you just speak on how you provide leadership, especially for mental health? It just seems to me that uh, that's a lot of employees and getting up every morning, putting that uniform on. Um, I, I think it could be a, a very draining career for a lot of people. And you've been at it for 35 years. Yes, sir. And, and it is sometimes a, it's sometimes a thankless job. But we make sure here that the deputies have access. We have a uh, access to chaplains in case they have some kind of critical incident because the, this is an emotional job. I can remember things that happened in 1987 when I was a road deputy that stuck with me. Uh, we see some very tragic things and deal with some very tragic things. So we make sure those chaplains are available if um, the deputies need them. And also if we have, um, we had like a incident a couple of years ago where some man shot at our deputies upon them arriving at a scene where he'd already shot his mother and they immediately started being fired upon. They had to take cover behind the cars. So. After that incident, thank goodness they weren't hurt. Um, but after that incident, we made sure that we got with the um, Georgia Department of Public Safety and they offered their peer support group for our deputies to talk to. So we make sure, you know, through our training and we we'll give them access to um, employee assistance, whatever they might need. You're involved with the Choices Program. Our Choices Program we do once a year. Our CHAMPS Program is from the Georgia Sheriff's Association, got which it. is where we teach all fifth graders within the county of choosing healthy activities and methods promoting safety. And we do all fifth graders through the um, Jefferson City Schools, Commerce City Schools, and Jackson County Schools. We teach them all. We first started our first year just doing our Jackson County fifth graders, and then I went to the superintendents of the city schools. You know, we're the only county in the state of Georgia probably that has three separate school systems, three separate superintendents. The Choices Program, um, I started in 2014, and I usually partner with um, Lee Arendelle Prison to bring female inmates uh, or Hartwell Prison to bring female inmates to speak of choices they made that changed their life. You know, it takes a split second for um, young people to make a choice that's gonna change their life. And so we partner with them each year or we partner with someone that's um, maybe beat drug addiction and wants to talk about their choice of, of turning to drugs. And I just have a different speaker every year. And I, you know, if we only save one, it's worth all the time we put into it. You're so involved and you've been recognized for so many things, uh, but of all the civic activities you're involved with outside of your role as sheriff, what, what are some of those that are most meaningful to you? I think the most meaningful thing to me as the sheriff has been not only working with our young people, but being uh, last year, I was the president of the Georgia Sheriff Youth Homes. The Georgia Sheriff's Association has five youth homes in the state of Georgia. They take abused and abandoned children, not delinquent children, but abused and abandoned children. And I was the president of that organization. I started out as the secretary treasurer and each year you step up. And last year I was the president. I had to give it up. You only keep it a year and now I'm a board member. But those kids can come, you know, they come from 
you know, kids don't ask to be brought into the world, but they sometimes life doesn't deal them a good hand. And so if they're taken to the Georgia Sheriff Youth Homes, once they graduate high school, if they choose to go to college, then it's totally paid for by the Georgia Sheriff's Association. They can be doctors, lawyers, whatever they want to, but when they come out of college, they have no school debt as long as they choose to stay with the Georgia Sheriff's Youth Home. Our young people are our future, and I want to make make a difference in their life I want to try to do that they would love to have more homes in the state of Georgia but that's a big financial thing they don't age out as might a, a foster child might age out of the foster system these kids don't age out if they choose to stay with the youth home and that's monumental to have your college debt paid and not have any debt when, I mean you know the, not have any debt when you come out of school and you could be a doctor or a lawyer or teacher or whatever I think that's just amazing to me yeah Thank you for all your work with that organization. Thank you. I'm, I'm very humbled and blessed to serve with them. Sheriff, if people want to donate or contribute to this, what's the best way for them to do that? They can look on the website to the Georgia Sheriff's Youth Homes, and they'll have information there of how they can uh, be, a mem be, be part of that uh, organization. You can join membership in the Georgia Sheriff's Association. Very near and dear to my heart. You mentioned this earlier, and I this career path, feels more like a calling to you. And given what you've been telling us, there is such passion and service to, especially the youth in your community. What, why do you say that it's a calling? Well, you know, law enforcement's not easy and it sure isn't easy right now. If somebody asked me about uh, the election, was I worried about losing? I said, no, I said, I got full retirements. I could go now if I wanted to, but, um, you know, I took that oath to serve and protect the people and enforce the laws of the state of Georgia. I just love the serving and protecting. Every day, somebody has a need. And what might seem insignificant to me is very important to them. And I tell the deputies that, too, when they're answering calls. You know, we might think it's petty or it might seem insignificant to us, but it's very important to that person calling. So with somebody every day having a need, if we can help them, we need to help them. And sometimes we can't, but we try. And I think that you got to have that servant heart, and uh, that's what it's about to me. And I just love this business and serve and protect. And it's—I will say—it's not—it's not easy anymore. It's getting harder and harder. But we're going to keep on doing what we're going to do to help people and uh, take care of people. And I just love the business. You've said this before when we've met um, that you, when you were running for sheriff the first time, that somebody said you should do it, and you were. A little unwilling to listen. I never set out to run for sheriff like 35 years ago. I never said one day I'm going to be the sheriff. My sheriff retired and I was not thinking about running. I'd had a break in service so I liked four months having 20 years, seven years ago. So um, I was not going to run. I thought I'll just work for whoever gets it. But I saw a man that had a business here in Jefferson and he asked me, he said, are you going to run for sheriff? And in my not so good English language, I said, they ain't going to elect no woman sheriff here. And I got told that a lot. Um, you know, a lot of police chiefs in this county said, Jackson County's not ready for a woman sheriff. So I didn't think, I thought, no, they ain't going to do it. And then a couple of months later, saw him again, he asked me again. And then I got to thinking about it after he asked me the second time. And I thought, what if we get a sheriff that doesn't care about anything but the title and the power? Because you have a lot of power as a sheriff and, and the title. And I said, I better, you know, this is my home county and I love Jackson County. So that's when I decided to run. And then it, it got a little rough. There were six men and myself and uh, uh, my top opponents had college degrees, masters. I didn't, I didn't have any of that. And so it got a little rough and, you know, politics are very nasty. And then I was very blessed and humbled to be elected 
in 2012 with six other men running and I'm just grateful, grateful and thankful. You have a very interesting family connection to why good choices or finding resources when you haven't made the choices you want is so important. Um, I tell young people this all the time. We have free will. I have free will. You have free will. Uh, but we don't have free will of the consequences of our actions and our choices. So I didn't make some good choices when I was younger. I made a choice when I was very young that wasn't a good choice. And, and after I did that, I always vowed that I would um, do my very best to not do that again and, and make good choices in life. And and so then I have um, relatives that haven't made good choices. And, and it's very hurtful when you um, have you know, family that, that things happen to, you want what's best for them. And um, so I always thought, you know, uh, I had a son who uh, didn't make good choices and um, struggled with um, some drug addiction for a long time, for 10 years and off and on. And I, and then finally uh, he got the help he needed and he's been clean 12 years by the grace of God. He doesn't share a story a lot, but I do share it because if, my, if I can share it and help someone else, uh, and that's what I do a lot of times with people that are in the jail back here. I constantly, they, they may get locked up, but immediately I'm starting to either I go back and try to talk to them and see if they're willing to go to rehab. If they are, then I have a lady that works for me three days a week and she helps me get people in rehab. And we've been very successful in getting people help and some, you know, people have to want it. Uh, you can't help someone, someone if they don't want it. But I always tell young people, do you want to live a good life or a bad life? And if you make those good choices, you're going to have a good life. If you make those bad ones, you're going to have consequences. So it's very meaningful to me for I could never help my own child, but maybe I can help somebody else's. And that's why this is so important to me to be where I'm at, because I, as a sheriff, I can help more than I ever could. But I've always tried to help people, but it seems like I have more opportunities to help people now than ever. Well, thank you for letting our listeners learn more about you and the role that you serve in our community. It has been just a pleasure to have you on here. Thanks to Sheriff Mangum and to my co-host Whit Richardson and to all of you for tuning in for another episode of Know Your Neighbor. We had fun today and we hope you did as well. If you are ever facing challenges or need some connections to local resources, please reach out to our 211 program. You can reach out by calling 211, you can text your zip code to 898-211, or you can visit our website at unitedwaynega.org and visit our 211 page. That will allow you to connect to our online database and all local resources are listed and available based on the needs of our families and individuals in our region. We hope that this will be a helpful tool and a helpful resource when you are facing challenges as we know we all are at this time. If you ever have any other questions, please feel free to reach out. You can visit our website. Again, that's unitedwaynega.org or you can email me directly at ageist at unitedwaynega.org. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear suggestions for future interviews and any feedback y'all have, but we want you to be a part of this conversation as well. So we hope to hear from you and we hope you'll tune in next week for our next Know Your Neighbor episode. Until then, we hope you will live united.